it's almost like I know what I'm doing now. Mm, I wouldn't go that far. Welcome back to Coach Class with me, Dom Birch. This is the podcast where I get to speak to inspirational leaders and coaches from across the world. And I'm delighted to have finally snared the one and only Gal Shivtil, who is currently Managing Director of Great Ideas Group and runs Gig Retail in Leeds, amongst many other things. Gal, welcome to Coach Class. Thank you so much for the invitation, Dom. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, I'm going to dig this out of you over the next 15 or 20 minutes. Your humbleness and deflection technique is renowned, but I'm going to get you to admit some of the amazing things that you've done in your career. But what brings you to Great Ideas Group and Gig Retail? What was your route to where you are now? So I originally wanted to be a vet, uh, love animals, and uh, was eager to do that, but decided to take a year out after school uh, and chose to uh, work at a place called the Yorkshire Post in Leeds. The career then totally changed from uh, a focus on veterinary science to having the keys to my first company car and, and rallying on a weekend. Please don't tell them I said that. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and the career then uh, then started with a focus on retail as I uh, uh, became uh, the, the head of their retail pages in uh, uh, in the Yorkshire Post. So that's where it all began. And, uh, and this focus on retail continued through my life. And so then you went to Asda. Tell me a bit about ASDA as an organisation, because I've talked to quite a lot of ex-ASDA colleagues and over the last sort of year or so, and it's reignited in me loads of memories, but also it's helped me figure out how I do certain things that I do. They've sort of, I've, there's definitely elements of the ASDA way that I've brought with me. What, what, what's your memories of being part of that organisation? I've got so many great memories of that time and uh, the, the amazing people that I met, including yourself, Don. That's where, uh, where you and I first caught up. Um, but, but yeah, to me, Asda was more than just a company. It was a culture. And that's where I first sort of recognised that uh, a culture really makes a place that you want to, to be a part of. And Asda certainly delivered that in droves. And that focus that they had on the whole team, on the people and, and on, on creating a, a place that people were, were passionate about working for uh, was key to the reason why I stayed there for so many years. Uh, and like I say, met some incredibly talented people that I've learned from and, and uh, still call friends uh, in all that time. So it, it's just an incredible place to uh, to have been a part of all those years ago. And it's the kind of place, isn't it, that when you disappear for a while, and that can be years at a time, you re-emerge in the building and people greet you as if you'd literally just had the weekend away and you're back at your desk. It's exactly that. And that's what I mean about being a people place that you can walk in there and from everyone from security um, through to the people in the in the coffee areas to uh, the teams that you meet that, uh, in the corridors that used to pass, everyone still treats you as if uh, you're that special Asda person uh, and, and as they are. And it's just an incredible culture to be a part of and, and, and to feel. And that also happens in stores when you visit the stores. I think you have to be a special person to work in that organisation. And uh, uh, it, it shows in terms of the, the number of years and the number of, of people that pass through the, uh, the corridors there. Now, there's some specific moments that I can think back to where we first, um, I want to say where I first became aware of Gal Shiv too. And it was when Christine Watts said to me, and I think I'd only been at Asda about two or three months, maybe a couple of months. And she said, oh, Gal was uh, singing your praises. Gal from the dairy team. And I was like, really? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was saying how impressed he was and blah, 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 blah. And this is Christine Watts, who was kind of my boss's boss, one below board level, reported into the chief exec. And I was you know, still in that kind of nervous 
entry zone of coming into a new organization and thinking, gosh, this is crazy. I can't figure it out. It's very complicated. And getting some reassuring words from somebody who I wasn't directly related to at that point, and perhaps I probably didn't even think I had made an impression with, really, really struck a chord. It was quite affirming. I remember it clearly. And then not too long after that, me, you and Claire Houghton at the time um, put on an event (laughs) where it was stars in their eyes. I was dressed up as somebody very inappropriate now as we look back. We won't go there. You had your gold jacket on and with a compare, the hostess with the mostess. And it was like, wow, this this adds to things like really, like you can see it and feel it. It really gets into your like deep heart. It's not just a job. It's not just turning up for work. There's a real sense of connection. Oh, completely. And it, it goes back to what I was saying, which is it's about building a culture, not a, a company. And if you fit that culture, if you fit the, the organization, you truly can um, deliver in droves. Um, and I think, you know, again, the, the comments that you made about, me recognizing you at the time, that they were certainly warranted. You know, I'd moved from a, uh, an area of the business where I looked after part of the marketing team and created events in the car park. So driving movies and firework parties in the car parks to moving into an area where farmers were picketing our depots in dairy because of the prices of milk or, or whatever it was at the time. And there was someone in, in you that managed to navigate the complexity of a new area for me and, and be able to help me to shape that direction. So when you see talent like that and, and in areas that you're not an expert in, it's really important that you recognise it. And I remember uh, speaking to Christine about the difference that you made. And I truly believe that that's what management and leadership should be all about is recognising what you're not good at and seeing it in others and then thanking them for a, a job well done in, in making that stand out. So let's fast forward then. You then took the leap to go to Australia and work for Coles. And then on the back of that, ended up in China. So going to an area of the world where I guess you didn't speak the language, where although you knew the sector and part of Walmart and events and all that kind of stuff, that must have taken a a leap of faith. What is it that was in you when you went to Australia first and then when you decided to move on and take that role in China? What, what, where do you draw down on that kind of sense of say yes and figure it out after? Where does that come from? I think that there's you know, a lot in life about taking risks and not being afraid to challenge yourself to come out of your comfort zone and, and see what else is out there. Because, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? The, the worst is you don't enjoy it and you change your mind and you change your path. So on, on all those cases, I remember when I first got offered the job in Australia and leaving a job that I loved in the UK and um, putting uh, stuff in two suitcases and heading off. Uh, what I determined in my mind is that, you know, it, it's it's almost like a holiday uh, and I'm going to treat it as such and go over there for just a month. And if I don't enjoy it, then I'm going to come back. But if I do, you never know what will happen. And that, you know, month plan in my head turned out to be four years in, in Australia. So when the China uh, opportunity cropped up to go and work for the world's biggest retailer in a country where, I didn't speak the language and I'd been uh, across just for two days to a fair. I just thought, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? Go and see what you can learn and uh, and see if you can enjoy it. And again, just a couple of weeks of um, what I had in my mind turned out to be three years of of working uh, in an incredible country, living in Shenzhen and, and out of Hong Kong and, and really enjoying the, the whole time by learning new things every day. And then, of course, you come back and our shared connection, and I think he might have even been podcast number one, Steve Smith, who's now over at LL Bean, asked you to assist him, having worked with him 
in China to, you know, figure some stuff out back at Asda. And we sort of came back into connection. And I remember it because I remember Gao walking back into the office uh, and you still had your Asda pass and you'd kind of swipe your pass and you'd end up, or your Walmart pass, you'd end up sort of wandering around the building. And there was just this kind of fan club. Oh, it's Gao. Hi, Gao. How you doing? Where you at? So you had this kind of like, there was this infectious you know, kind of aura around you, which was really amazing. But you were also really sharp and astute. And you ran this project and you figured out what was wrong and you made some recommendations. And you were really keen to hear, you know, the warts and all story. And you had this like disarming charm that allowed people to open up and tell you what was really going on, which I did, I'm sure, <laughs> probably with a few expletives. <laughs> and uh, anyway, and, and then and that, that progressed. And there's just, I, I'm going to say this to you. There was one time, I think I was coaching somebody and I was trying to encourage that person to take their blinkers off and to walk around the building noticing who the other people were that they coexisted with and to almost have a a list of people that they wanted to get to know better in order to improve their network, in order to engage with different leaders. And as I was telling this story to them when we were sat in Cafe Keys, I just noticed Gal Shivtil walk out the double doors at the top, cross the corridor and through the next double doors. And then a few minutes later, on the second floor down, I saw Gail Shivtil coming out of these double doors and walking across the corridor. And I realised that what you were doing was what you did brilliantly and effortlessly to the naked eye, which was just go around and put credit in the bank, go and network with people, go and sit on their desk and have a conversation. It was a deliberate strategy, wasn't it, that gave you the ability to remain connected to the entire organisation, which is it is. It's invisible to the naked eye, isn't it? How a big, complex organisation works. Thank you for for those comments. I mean, an awful, awful lot around uh, what I call connections. You know, it, it's important that if you do it, you do it because you do it for the right reasons. And and to me, life is all about connections. I always say that you have you know people that radiate positive energy and people that drain that energy, a bit like the Dementors in Harry Potter. And and it's really important for me to to give the best you can. You've got to get positive energies from from others that radiate it. So my connections are driven for the reason that that it helps me to drive things forward. So yeah, everything in life's about uh, a network or relationships and partnerships and, and, and delivering great communication. And the only way to do that is with others. So if you did see me walk walking around those corridors, it's because I was selfishly trying to catch up with people that I've probably not seen in a while and uh, and see how they're doing and ask those questions because it made a difference to me, not because it, it was something that I actively pursued doing, being honest. Um, so it's it's strange that you noticed it, but, but it is something that I do see myself doing in life because it's so important for me to drive things forward. Now, we were then thrust together. I was given a job I had no idea how to do. And you came to my rescue, knight on shining armour, and said, Dom, I do know how to do this. Why don't I help you figure it out? And we had a two years then where you were effectively the sort of outside agency, if you like, I guess the start of part of gig retail. And I was the non-expert leading this big team with quite a challenging role of trying to figure out how do we turn this thing around. And and I remember Nick Bamber, who worked for me, said, we need to do brain surgery whilst on a treadmill and the treadmill can't stop. 
<laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. great. <laughs> oh, tell me, and, and the good news is what? <laughs> but we did, and we figured it out. But there were definitely some low points for, for me where I really thought, oh, I'm, I can't do this, I'm not going to be able to do this. But I would imagine also for you, because you took on a huge challenge, didn't you, with a team of you and then Mark and then what quickly became a team of five or six, and then within two or three years, I've become what is now, I guess, what, are you 100 people or something at Gig Retail? Yeah, there's 80, 80 people now, which is uh, amazing how that's uh, that's happened. You blink and, and suddenly it's grown. But but again, you know, for me, uh, and again, I'll always be grateful for for you taking the uh, um, that level of trust uh, in someone to to give them a chance and prove that that, that they can support and help. Uh, and we were never going to let you down on that. I mean, the reality is that um, I think deep down inside, Dom, you were pretty confident in your abilities. Otherwise, you wouldn't have found a path forward and delivered what was truly a monumental uh, task at the time. Having someone with the belief uh, that you had uh, in yourself and your team meant that we, we were never going to uh, to let you down. And, and again, it goes back to what I said at the start, which is be confident uh, and accept uh, the things that you're not good at and then find the people around you that can help to deliver that. And I guess that's what we we tried to do at the time where we were turning a, a monster ship around to try and deliver um, growth uh, for, for a business that, that clearly needed it at, uh, at a time. And then working together to make sure that you take those small steps that eventually lead to the, the, the big growth that um, was needed and was then delivered. Now, often people get, you know, they might get labelled, I'm a problem solver, I'm creative, I'm, you know, I, I come up with ideas, right? But one of the things you had a track record of doing at that time, particularly for me, was taking problems and making them disappear. So we might have, I don't know, a resourcing problem, or we might have a specific technical thing that we didn't know how to solve, or there was an area of sales or media that we didn't really figure out. And your approach by being inside Asda and really, really understanding Asda and really understanding what the challenge was, was to be able to go, let me just take that away from you. Let me just ease the pain and remove that problem. And you can carry on doing the other most important things that you need to do. That distraction I can take away from you. And that was hugely valuable to an organisation like Asda. And then fast forward to me leaving Asda, you then provided you know, amazing safety net for, as you have done for a lot of people who leave, a kind of, I don't know, like a landing zone sometimes for those where they've come out, on good terms, by the way, from Asda, so come out with their sort of blessing and good wishes, but aren't quite sure, how do I figure out this thing of, I've worked for somebody for 20 years, what does being a consultant mean? And I remember you gave me some really good advice. You said, being a consultant is about being able to say yes and figure it out afterwards. It's about yeah. being in there on the inside with them, seeing what the opportunities are, being helpful. And that was a kind of, that was a shift from obviously having been client side to now suddenly having to be consultant side. And that, that sort of re, I don't know, that, that, was a, that, that was a bit of turbulence for anyone leaving an organisation. Been able to sort of figure some of that out. And then I also remember being in a meeting with you where we just did a little project together and you introduced me as your head of e-commerce. And I remember looking at my jaw. I think my jaw actually hit the table and bounced back up again. And I was sort of like, huh? I guess you noticed or you realised that what I knew about e-commerce was probably on a different plane to what some other people might know, but I didn't appreciate it. I had no recognition of the sort of knowledge that you glean just by being part of a, a large organisation. Completely. Uh, I'm going to answer that in, in two parts, really. The first part being, 
thinking differently about your customers. And I think that if you've worked in retail, retail to me is something that I'm passionate about. And if you've worked in it and you have this focus on the customer, if you start with the customer and have the customer at the heart of the, the, the decisions that you make, you'll always deliver the right outcome. And, and I'm the same with the clients that we work with. They're our customers. Um, so if you've got that retailer hat on, all, all you want to try and do, do is to make their job easier, uh, help them to, to shop easier in, in stores, um, you know, h- help them to deliver a better outcome, help them to buy better for their, their, their families. So on both fronts, you know, whether it's customers in stores as a retailer or whether it's your clients as an agency, our job is to make their life easier. So if you've got that passion and that focus to do the right thing by people first, by your customers first, there's always the right outcomes that will then um, uh, happen in time. And then the second part around the, the people that you've met along your journey and along your way, if you truly see something in those individuals and see that, that, that spark of, um, of, of more than just an ability, but a passion and an enthusiasm to make a difference, then you want to support those people to achieve that. And I think along the way, I've been very lucky, not just in ASDA, but many organizations, to, to find talent that wants to move on and start a new chapter, but, but has a bit of a fear in doing that. And therefore, if I can help them along that journey and help them to realize their full potential, um, then, of course, of course, I, you know, we'll, we'll be there to support as best that we can. Uh, and again, when I look at some of the uh, the, the the people, the talent that are part of the gig organisation, or have been a part and then moved on to to the next chapter, or some of the clients that that uh, have moved on to other other places. Again, I feel very lucky and very humble to um, either call them friends or, or or support them in their next part of their uh, their careers. So, what's next for Gal Shiftil as you look to you know? Gosh, it's twenty one years since we've known each other at ASDA. Out of ASDA, six years. So, gig must be what. Eight years old now. As you look forward, what what's on the what's on the gal to do list? What what do you you know aim to explore over the next period of time? It's a strange one because I've never planned what's next. I've always enjoyed the moment that's in front of me and uh, look to capitalize on 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 that moment and then see where where it takes me. And I think that that's really for me personally important that that carries on. So I've. I've plan to make sure that as long as I have fun every day and as long as I see the talent grow in the team and, um, and enjoy life, that that's the direction that, that we're going to go. And, and again, that comes through two things for me. One is having an incredible team of people around, uh, you know, whether it's directly or, or through the relationships and the partnerships and the networks that we've got. So really enjoy the people that you work with. And then part two, make sure that you have a bit of fun along the way and enjoy those moments uh, of working with them and for them. And I think as long as uh, you, you deliver that every day, you're not really properly working. You're enjoying uh, every moment of what you do. And I think as long as that becomes um, the, the, the delivery over the, the coming days, weeks, months and years, then I'll, I'll just carry on doing what I'm doing, which is uh, uh, enjoying every moment. What's the best bit of advice you've ever had? What's the thing that sticks with you? Maybe it's a slogan, maybe it's a person that actually said it to you, but is there something that you carry with you that you draw down on from time to time? 
It's a great question. I've got so many that I could uh, I, I could talk through now. I mean, I, I can even see the people that, that sort of uh, told me that advice in that moment when, when they mentioned it. I, I guess there's probably a couple that I would call out. The, the first one, and I live this every day, is that education is, is the best investment you can make. And uh, as well as doing the work, it's really important that you you spend time learning new things. And, and I tend to to make sure that every single day there's something new that that I learn or a podcast that I listen to or or a news article that I read where I, I take that information and, uh, and make sure that that sinks in as something new. And, and I guess the second piece of, piece of advice that, uh, again, I try to live by is you've always got to um, be confident that you're going to do the best you can, but that sometimes things will go wrong and that that's acceptable. In fact, that should be something that you almost strive for, because unless you make mistakes along the way, you're never going to learn as much as, as not making mistakes and you're probably not going as fast as you should be going. So never be afraid to make those mistakes and, and, and make sure you spend time learning and educating yourself every day. And you, you'll always be better uh, th- than you think you are. Gal, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Coach Class. I know that the ripple effect of the Gal Shivtilness that goes around the world is just you know, unmeasurable because you've had touched and influenced and impacted so many people in a positive way. Um, Thank you for everything that you did for me over the years. And I'm sure we'll continue to do, not least, you know, uh, joining me on pub quizzes occasionally. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for giving up the time and coming on to Coach Class. Dom, thank you for your friendship and counsel and support through, through the years. You know, it's been a real pleasure to know you and see you grow. Uh, and to listen to these podcasts also teaches me an awful lot. So I genuinely appreciate being a part of it and uh, being one of the uh, the people that you brought on board, albeit probably the worst one that you've had. Uh, but I really appreciate everything that you do, and I wish you all the very best as well. I'll definitely edit out the last bit. Thanks, Gal. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gal. 